What's good, y'all? This is Jonathan, and thank you so much for listening to my podcast. But first, let me tell you something about Anchor. Right now, I'm sitting in my car recording this sponsorship, and that's just how simple it is. Anchor is a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. How dope is that? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, y'all. Now to the show. What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. Woo! All right. Episode two. We are here in the building because we ain't going nowhere else. COVID got us locked up in these four walls, and let me tell y'all, I'm going a little stir crazy, but... Don't fear, we got episode two here. And this time we're sitting down with my boy, Reggie. He's my youngest brother. He's 20, he goes to Cal Poly Pomona, studying business, doing his thing in there. And let me tell you, he is probably one of the funniest people I know, but also one of the wisest people I know. The way that Reggie carries himself with just such high self-esteem and character and a desire to learn and and see people for who they are and, and has a perspective of not only like taking people at the at face value, but understanding that there is a story, there is a person behind, you know, every word, everything that is said to him. And he just takes it in, understands that there's something else going on and really reflects that. And so it's funny how he's my youngest brother, but I look up to him and all these different things. So here's this conversation that I have with him. I hope you enjoy it. So, yeah, let's get into it, y'all. Here's my brother, Reg. You know what I was thinking about? You have a completely different childhood than I did. Because how many years we're apart? It's like nine years apart. So that's crazy. Have you ever th- have you ever thought about that all the time? Really? Yeah. What about? Uh, just I was supposed to be the spoiled one. Uh. You know, technically speaking. <laughs> but you know, I, I think about it all the time, and I talk to uh, like Carolyn about it because we're both the youngest, uh-huh. and we talk about it all the time, like how we were called the spoiled ones. Uh-huh. But like, you know, growing up in Barstow and how hard it was, we're like. You know, it really doesn't feel like that all yeah. that much, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think about it like the different type of upbringings. Mm-hmm. I never I never would have categorized it as spoiled. I th- when I actually, like, thought about it, I feel like that's a cop. Like, if we were closer in age, then I'd be like, okay, like, why are you getting all this stuff? You, but it's a nine-year difference. Like, mom's in a completely different situation. Like, of Like, it's... it's it's just completely completely different. And then when you think about like mom had me at fifteen and then she had you at twenty four, you know what I'm saying? Alright, yeah, she was twenty four. Twenty four, twenty five. So it's like it's just very, very different, you know what I'm saying? So to me I was like it's still a little bit more established, quote unquote. Um Yeah. It's just a lot established later. or you can look at it as she was divorced as well. Yeah. She, uh, I got the years of after divorce mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. So there was, I mean, there was just, there was just like a lot different. 
So you mentioned earlier that it was like you had so many people that was like a lot older than you. How was it being like the youngest by a lot? I think when you're literally a toddler, that's probably the <laughs> tough, that's the that's the toughest part. But when mm-hmm. as you're getting older, um, you can catch up as far as like mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of you know what I had to do. Because if I wanted to, you know, if I wanted that time and I wanted to to relate, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I did do. Yeah. Did it make it, like, so the things that you, like, thought about, and, because you hung out with us all the time, like, we right. didn't, we didn't, like, leave you behind, we, like, took you everywhere we went, if you could go. Mm-hmm. Did you, did it make it interesting having, like, conversations with people that were your age? Not at all. Really? Nah. I had like don't get me wrong. Like, or was I it? I I guess I said interesting. Was it hard? That's the actual question I wanted to ask. A little bit, cause it's like a, you know I was kind of like, bro, what are you talking about? Type of stuff like as mm-hmm. far as like you know um, maybe like interest and and uh, and music a little bit mm-hmm. and you know certain stuff. But I did have I had you know several friends my age, but you know a decade later or so. I have like two very good ones left that I am still in a group chat with too. Yeah. So, so you didn't. You said you didn't have. The, it was difficult. What parts of it were difficult besides like you? You would talk about things that people didn't understand or get. Um. What other parts do do you feel like were difficult or hard? Like relatability, as far as like circumstances. Because mm-hmm. we had a lot of stuff going on at home. Yeah. As far as like financially. Mm-hmm. And then I would go over to my friend's house, and they had all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I can't have them over because mm-hmm. you know our lights are off or mm-hmm. our water is off or we ain't got like you know food to like share with everybody, you know, or food so, at all. Yeah, or, or enough for us to eat. Yeah. Even. So mm-hmm. that made it kind of different. Like I always like wanted that sitcom type of happy family I could have mm-hmm. friends over and. Um, able to share and grieve like food and like uh it's like a communion it brings people together Mm -hmm. so yeah it's pretty difficult yeah what well let's well i wasn't planning on going into that but let's like talk about it for you what was so from my perspective i have like what i i thought about and kind of like how i tried to handle that and do that because i kind of felt a lot of those same things like i didn't like there was only select few that i brought over like i only brought over like Mike and Rob, but, like, very rarely during that time. Um, we didn't have, like, electricity, water, gas. All we had was a roof over our head. So for you, as, like, you were a little kid. I was in high school during that time, but you were a little kid. What did, did you have, like, a concept of, like, what was happening or that we didn't have any money or that we, or that you just knew that we just didn't have? I knew, I was aware of all that, um like aware of like you know our financial state mm-hmm. but it didn't bug me uh because i was still in elementary and i had that like sort of innocence to it mm-hmm. so i didn't like really it wasn't that's why i feel i feel bad like more on your part that we went through it because what you were in high school so you still like had this awareness of every you know like everybody mm-hmm. i don't know if you cared or not but like i just knew how i was when i got to like junior high and middle school yeah um 
like I feel I feel bad that you was like in you know at that stage and like when I was in that I was already we were I was with dad mm-hmm. we were in Victor bro we was in we was living good yeah. but I went through it for a reason mm-hmm. at that time yeah. um, at the time it didn't bother me I couldn't like see it as far as uh, like didn't have like the social awareness so mm-hmm. um, it was tough but like I wasn't embarrassed because you know yeah didn't know anybody. Yeah, uh, you said you went over to like friends' house and stuff like that. You were aware enough to know that we didn't have anything, mm-hmm. because like you compare it. How do you process that now? Do you remember the first time I spent the night at my house in Barsha? Pastor Martin's house. No, I don't remember that. Didn't you come home? I cried, I cried, and I cried to come back home. Mm. Yeah, I um. So what happened, it was like after church and everything, and um, they were like, yeah, yeah, you can come over and uh, spend the night and everything. I was like, oh, so come over. Oh, yeah, 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 we come over. So, you know, we were having a good time and everything. I was at their house and everything. It was cool. Um, and then they were like, all right, it's time for bed. And I was like, all right. Uh, so we're going to you know, hop back in the car. Like, no, you, you're spending the night, man. And I was like, huh? What? Oh, no. No, I can't do that. You know, I got you know, to call up my moms and stuff like that. Yeah. You got to, no, I can't stay the night in. Mom was like, "Now you, you stay in the night. Like, go ahead. You be back. I'll see you tomorrow." And I cried. I was, I was, I was real sad. I was uncomfortable. I did not want to spend the night at all. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, literally, me and mom were like inseparable mm-hmm. from the time born, basically, all the way up until seventh, eighth. I mean, not eight, uh, like eight years old at that time. Mm-hmm. So literally, like spending the night, that was like my first time. Mm-hmm. It's outside of family, as far as like you know, nannies and everything. But mm-hmm. I had never done that before, so I, you know, I cried. I was, I was really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I think the next time, um, uh, one of my friends and like you know that was uh, consent, if you will, yeah. uh, and so on and so forth and then it got used i got very used to it and then kind of became like an escape yep yeah kind of like an escape yeah because as soon as you met uh eddie and his family you were at his house all the time yeah i don't know if you spent the night as much when i when i was home Mm -hmm. like you were you were there pretty consistently i remember that yeah let's just like stay in this like area because i'm really curious so for me, when I was growing up, I wasn't around a whole lot of black folks. Like, I really wasn't. So throughout my elementary school years, I was one of the only black kids. But at Harborside Elementary, it was like um, like Latino, like Latinx folks. And so I feel a whole lot more comfortable in places like Santa Ana. For you, I feel like it's it was the opposite. Like, you, you were around a lot of black folks because a lot of black folks live in Barstow and then even Victorville I think I think Silverado is predominantly black is it yeah or it's a good or it's just more than it's a bigger school yeah because I mean and I and so when I went to Barstow it was like uh even Benita High School was like culture shock but for you how do you think that that shaped shaped you like how you how you see the world now Mm. yeah yeah, um, as far as, like, going to Cameron and everything, uh, that's where I'm at, Eddie and everything, and different side of town, mm-hmm. different side of town, uh, where Cameron is in their district area, 
oh, aerial yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. So when I uh, go, when I yeah, got kicked out of Cameron and went to Thompson after we had moved to Fredericks, it's a different side of town. Yeah. Different, uh, different district, different. Wait, you kids. got kicked out of Cameron? Uh, attendance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was my fault. My fault. Reggie, uh, you, were, you were a child. How could it be your fault? No, it was literally my fault because my mom would, I maybe like a handful of times, you know, but like literally, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was cool to be late to things. Mm. I thought like, so she would drop me off like last minute, like maybe like, you know, 7.50 or uh, whatever the time was mm-hmm. at one side of the gate. So I'd go in and go and I'd walk around and go inside the front all the time <laughs> and I'd be late because I, I literally thought it was cool. To be late. How long? How um, oh. So I had I wound up with like 37 tardies. Oh, and they kicked you out? They kicked me out. They, they was like, we've had enough. And that I can, we could have a whole nother talk on the emotions and betrayal and everything I felt. Yeah, that actually doesn't um, even make sense. Why would you kick somebody out for being late to school? But anyway, that... We could have a whole yeah. We could talk. We could talk about that later. That's um, really. Interesting. I did not know that you got kicked out of Cameron. I had yeah. no idea. I went to the district and we had a big thing about it and everything. Like, that's crazy. I had no idea. But so I went to Thompson and like I said, that's a whole different other side of town. Fredericks, you already know the street, uh, Barstow, and mm-hmm. that whole area by the high school and everything. Yeah, and Thompson, that's not good. Right behind. Yep. So different kids, different. Been through a whole lot of stuff there on different side of town. Like I said. That one, I met uh, some of my very close friends, uh, uh, Kalanji, Johnny, I mean, I said Johnny, Jelani, and Decree. Um, they, were, they were the twins. And then uh, I remember their names. I don't remember their faces. And I remember going on a field trip with that school. Yes. Yeah. I thought you only went there because you moved. That was, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, I did not like change. Yeah. Um, so you still don't like change. <laughs> I'm growing, man. You I'm are growing. growing. That's true. I shouldn't say that. You're growing. Um, and they were from L.A. Oh, okay. And yeah. I got there and I was, you know, kind of like the, I was talking different. I was a black kid. I was talking different and mm-hmm. and everything. And literally, I did not start saying like the N-word until I got to Thompson. Yeah. Like, being around <laughs> that different like type of city. I never used the n I never even thought of it. And then, like, the first couple of, like, like month or two that I was there, I was saying it. I was like, what, what, what is wrong with you? What are yeah. you saying right now? Like, so, um, yeah, that's that's something that, like, I got out of that. And then, tragically, um, we were, we all went there fifth, sixth grade, mm-hmm. going great summers. That, that was, like, when they were around, because literally their house, the way it was set up, not even, like, um, it's more of a story of uh, uh, overcoming if anything, not even to uh, put their business out. They have a documentary, so it's all um, mm. it's all out. But they their house was literally like worse than ours. Mm-hmm. Like they never, they rarely had electricity, mm-hmm. um, water, any of that. They there were seven of them, mm. and the little the kids would go to the ninety nine cent store and steal food, mm. and the parents would know that they didn't have it, so they'd be like, "Bring us back some. Make sure you get some for everybody." When they would go and steal, mm-hmm. and they would want to always want to be at our house at 401. Mm-hmm. Um, Decree, Kalani, Kalanji, and Jelani, they would always want to be over at our house. We had hella rooms and, and mm-hmm. everything. And um, you know, at the time, we were, we were doing pretty good um, mm-hmm. when we got to that house. Um, rarely, just maybe like twice, 
the electricity went off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were a lot in a better a better situation um, at Fredericks.son But tragically, um, everything was going good between the summers. We were, I was getting all types of hoodlum stuff. We was going over, uh, not too bad. A lot of people were doing a lot worse. We would go to, we were just some uh, some kids from the hood area of Barstow and we mm-hmm. was just we was hot we ain't had no swimming pool yeah so we would go to hotels we would go to apartments <laughs> and we would hop over the fence and go swimming yeah so um, a lot of times we would, they would get get out of here and we would have to run <laughs> in the and man oh my bad my bad yeah, that was yeah. cool <laughs> and um yeah man yeah that was the, that was the most hoodlum things we ever did it was just we just wanted to go swimming we was hot and get 110 wanted to go swimming yeah um but going to, we were going into middle school, and I went to San Diego like I did every summer. I came back, and they were gone. And oh, I was really? like, what happened? And a friend of ours was like, they got CPS. CPS took them. Wow. And I, to this day, I've never saw them. I've never seen them again. I've talked to them. I know they're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kept in touch with them, like, via social media and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, talked to them a few times. i never seen them again. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I know they're doing great. Um, both got uh, one got a track scholarship mm-hmm. to uh, Northridge, and then the other one's going to Cal State LA and mm-hmm. football and everything. About this, they're doing like great. They got accepted. I mean, not accepted. They got uh, taken in by like a great family who have like been adopting kids for years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, black couple, and they took in the twins together because they're twins. Yeah, which is you know great and the smaller kids they all got to stay together and stuff and that's cool because that's yeah. that's very rare for that to happen yeah yeah but they're they're doing great so um just like a lot of stuff like that i saw switching um being around uh people who look like me mm-hmm. i'm cur- i'm curious so for you that obviously must be that's a significant story to you why do you why do you feel like you connect to that story so so much um, I'm I'm always rooting for the underdog and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, and really, like they they really like. Uh, I don't have much friends mm-hmm. like that, and I didn't then. And when I switched there, that's another like thing that like area of my life where like, I switched and I shut everything off. Like no new friends mm-hmm. and everything. You know, Barstow's a small town, so like I remember my first day in class. Mm-hmm. I'm going to a new school and I walk in and they're like, Reggie! <laughs> I have never seen these guys in my life. I did not. I was like, I don't even know you guys. Like, what's up? And my and mom was over there like, look, you already got friends. I was like, I don't know them. Like, yeah. And they literally like, they forced that friendship yeah. upon me. Like, this, I, I need to ask them, how did you know me? Yeah. Um, First day in fifth grade and what was the question again? I, I, was, <laughs> I was really like pondering like, well, wow, like these guys really didn't know me. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of forced that friendship on me. Oh, why it's significant. Yeah, really? Because like I really got there in like the first couple weeks. I recess. I wouldn't play. I wasn't in trouble or anything. I would just sit on the bench and just wait for class to start again. Mm-hmm. Just watch all the kids play. And they'd come up and um, be like, come on, man, you know, come come hoop with us, man. I know you know how to play basketball and everything. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, man, they, they really, like, forced that friendship upon me. And, like, it grew into something, like, real, real tight. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and when, like, they left, like, the way they left, it was just, it's kind of like a piece of me that never got, like, 
a part of the chapter that kind of just ends and left on a cliffhanger. Like, I, I literally have never seen them again. I've, I've, like, you know, kept in contact, but I've literally never seen them again. So I always I always think about that story and know that, to know that they're doing, like, great. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good. That's why it's, uh, yeah. it's significant to me. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like their story, do you connect to their story, like, at all from even from how we we grew up oh yeah absolutely i i, I think we had it i think i had it better than them mm-hmm. even though we had it bad and that's yeah. that's the thing like yeah. we had it bad. <laughs> they had it worse like it's yeah. not a competition but it's just like it just goes to show like you know coming being a minority and coming from that like that area where the people who are in position of that that town don't care to change anything mm-hmm. so um yes yeah, uh, I, I root for those guys man yeah my guys do you feel like there's what happened to them could happen to us easily easily mm-hmm. but i feel like we were in um such a good place mentally mm-hmm. and like and spiritually that we even when we did have lights off and water off in the house people were still around us nobody ever thought it was a problem mm-hmm. like for any reason like uh, you remember like people would still come to our house mm-hmm. They probably leave when it get about seven o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, all right, time for y'all to go. <laughs> they leave. You know, hey, yo, like, why don't you turn on lights? Oh, the light bulbs don't work, man. Yeah, Sorry, you gotta, you gotta, gotta get out of here. But um, we always just had good energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the main difference. We always had good energy, and nobody ever, you know, we were loved at home, mm-hmm. and nobody ever really. I don't think anybody was brave enough to call them, like, CPS on us. They knew we was loved at home. Yeah. They knew mom would work it out. Yeah. Uh, God would work it out. Yeah. I don't think you... I think you were too young to remember this, but it was probably kindergarten or pre-K or whatever. But CPS were were coming. I don't know if you knew that. Didn't know that. Yeah. Like, they talked to me multiple times. Um, They talked to Mike multiple times. Um, They came to the house, like cops had come to the house so that was that really was really close to happening to us didn't even think so yeah like it was really close yeah this is news to me i didn't even know yeah it was really really close the only time i remember is uh i talked to like the thompson principal one time and i was Mm -hmm. like discussing like i was literally not letting that camera thing go i'm going back Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna make a comeback yeah you know i watched wrestling at the time so (laughs) I was on my promo trying to hype this up. Like, this will be a return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to talk to her about, you know, leaving Cameron, how sad I was. And somehow that, like, she took from that discussion. Like, hmm I'll see what I can do. And called up mom and was talking about she was going to call CPS on it and stuff like that. So that was the, the one memory of that that, that I have mm-hmm. is uh, mom, have, we having to go to the Social Security office fill out some stuff to make sure like she wasn't really like trying to call CPS like he was just going to you talked about Cameron and you calling CPS mm-hmm. like you think he's getting beat at home yeah yeah who uh growing up who were like some of the you like your biggest influences I think <laughs> oh man you mean like in, like real like in person or like it could be anybody you want oh man John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena. The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> no, but like really, really like I really did use um like these TV personalities and kind of like uh, superheroes, I thought, in my eyes, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know. You know, some people say it's silly, but that's that's what I had mm-hmm. um, is people I saw and men I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. 
That's really how I used the, what, what was my influence. And LeBron James. <laughs> and it wasn't until I got into high school that I started having, like, you know, um, you know historical figures as, uh, mm. you know, um, influences as far as the people. Yeah. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's, um, we call it silly at all. Like, I feel, I honestly, I don't. I think that makes Uncle s- Phil. sense. Yeah. Like, I feel like when, because I did the same thing. I, I think, I look back at, like, because I, I used to watch WWE a lot too. It was WWF before WWE, but like Booker T, the Dudley Brothers, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Eddie Murphy, like loved Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, Chris Rock. Oh yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, why am I all all of a sudden Chris Tucker? Like, yeah. Like I like lived in movies. Like That's I nice. lived in movies. I lived in sh- TV shows. Like. Watching the Martin Show, watching like, like any cartoon, like Static Shock, those kinds of things. Because like being in those shows was, it was like an escape to like be there, Absolutely. having something to aspire to. Because it was like better than reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to wish I was Axel Foley, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real, man. I wish I was cool as Axel Foley. <laughs> Beverly Hills cop yeah. and everything. I, that's what I thought being a cop was like. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh, yeah, you wanted boys. to be a cop for a while growing and up. bad boys. Yeah. And, yeah. Will Smith, huge, big influence. So that make that totally makes sense to me. Just like larger than life, like didn't really feel like they had to care at all. The Rock. The Rock. It, it, that makes total sense to me. I, and I don't think I connected that piece until now. Like when I talked to Lens, and you know Lens. Like, well, I don't think you know this, but like her family, upper middle class. And when I, the, I think I remember the first time I went over to her house and I was like shocked. Like I was just shocked because I was like, I did not realize like you don't have, you didn't have like, you had it like this. And I was like, granted they, uh, they live in Minnesota, but like the more I've like gotten to know them, hear them, spend time with that side of the family, I was like, oh, like you for real, for real didn't have to worry about anything, like nothing. Even last night we were talking like Lynn's, uh, I was telling her like why some of these movies were like so important to us because she didn't realize like why are little kids watching like The Wood or yeah, or some of these rated R movies? We didn't have no cable. We Well, yes, we didn't have no cable, but like if we watch cable, majority of those shows are like none of those people look like us. Like they live, like all these white people live in like middle these big like two-story houses like in neighborhoods that finally trimmed up lawns and everything like that like yeah. we don't even know what that looks like we, I ain't <laughs> never been in a neighborhood like that nope. so well, literally I had never been in a neighborhood like that so when like growing up so like these movies were the closest thing that we had to like our reality very very important yes, yeah they really are staples yeah and so like <laughs> and that just didn't even like click for her so that's an escape like that's something that was like helpful or even, like, I feel like mom's imagination is just, like, she instilled, like, imagination into us. Hope and, to like, hope and believe and, like, to just keep that's being all, optimistic. That's all it takes is somebody yeah. who's crazy yeah. uh, enough to actually believe that they can do something or be somebody. Yeah, to, like, just see a different future um, than the reality that you're currently in. Because if mom wasn't able to do that, then we would have been doing everything else that everybody else around us would were doing. Yeah. I feel like I can go and live in a different story or I can be in a different place, but I could still remain connected or tethered, I guess, anchored in reality still of like, yeah, this might be my reality right now, but actually, you know, I'm going to be a superhero someday. 
Like, I can be a part of the Green Lantern Corps. I know that for sure. I, I know I can do that. You know what I'm saying? So, as yeah. much as I love Indiana Jones, I couldn't see myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I didn't see myself nowhere yeah. in those movies. And if yeah. I was, I had a spear or something like that. So. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. You said tethered, huh? You see us, man? I did. I and I didn't want to say, like, tethered. <laughs> so I was like, tethered. Uh, not like, yeah, not like that, but. Yeah, so, I'm uh, sorry, I, I took that part of over. I, I just had my own, like, self-realization just now about, mm-hmm. like, why movies and shows were so important. If we didn't have that, like, I, I don't even know what we would do if we have those those glimpses of humor in the times that we really needed it. Something yeah. to, uh, you know, a hey, 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 or a, yeah. <laughs> or a, or a clump reference or something, oh, Hercules man. or something like That's that, funny. man. Yep. It just, it just brought us together, so yeah. I'm thankful for them, and... And big picture, those cult movies that we had, those mm-hmm. cult classics, I think that I'm starting to realize more and more the reason like I'm talking to people who've never seen these movies are like, mm-hmm. that movie is like not good. <laughs> and, I'm like, like, and I'm like, yo, like how could you like you know, but now I'm looking at it, I'm I'm watching um what did I watch? I watch I'm gonna get you sucker and I'm like producing this movie is not <laughs> it's not a good movie the thing is i, I we were when i was looking through so apple tv uh it shows like a rotten tomato uh rating on there and most of those movies like nine nine out of ten of the movies that i like put on there had terrible reviews they were yeah. like rotten yeah so it's just really funny like 12 percent, 40 percent, 30 percent, 20 percent Mm-hmm. And Lindsay was like, "All these movies are bad movies." I'm like, "Lindsay, these are not bad movies. They're hilarious." <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, there's a couple other movies I can't even think of that I'm like, that has a 12 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, huh, bro? Like, oh man, I listed. There's so many movies on there that only we like. Undercover Brother. When Mom said that last night, I was just oh, like in shock. Like, <laughs> what? So you telling me you've never liked Undercover Brother? Like. So the roof off this motherfucker. Everybody knows the intro, man. Bro, that is still like on my dream board. It's to drive a convertible, fill a big gulp cup up to the brim, and drive crazy. <laughs> like, did is, you? What did you say last night? Caucasian overload. Caucasian overload. <laughs> Extra mail on mine. <laughs> One oh. squirt of hot sauce should be enough to make Caucasian food edible. <laughs> I love oh. that movie. Oh, I, that I haven't movie, seen that man. movie in a minute. Oh my god. Oh shoot. They call black exploitation films, man. Anyway, so uh, all right, so those are some of your biggest influences. Right. That's that's cool. What was it like when I went away to school? So you were you were you're about. Eight or nine when I left <gasps> to the, to when I moved away to school. Oh man, I remember dropping you off, man. Yeah, yeah, man, I cried. Yeah, I yeah, cried we, too. We all was crying. We were all crying. Um, it's hard. And then call, kind of like getting back. It's just like <laughs> it's pretty much just like it's just you know looking around and then like you know life had to go on and you know uh, is he gonna come back or anything like yeah. never that just like. Mm-hmm. And it's way he's where he is now. Like he's like not he's like he's like yeah. he died, but like yeah. he's off in college. Like we were all I don't know if you ever seen The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, we were all in this pit. You literally 
made it out. And he was like, let's go, looking down. Yeah. And then we were like, all right, for sure. All right, so we all, you know what I'm saying? We all go back to what we were doing mm-hmm. and one day in the hopes to get out. Yeah. That's that's essentially like, not like you died, just like yeah. you made it out. So after you left, pretty much it was, um, I never felt uh, like a maybe a sense of like loneliness, mm-hmm. I would say, because I, I had friends that I would, uh, they would always be over. Eddie, Darius, I'd always go over to their houses and then they'd always come over, obviously. And then in a, like, in a way, like a lot of those is like, um, like kind of like an only child, but I never thought it like that. Like mm-hmm. I always like, I grew up with my brothers my whole life. I'm not an only child. Like mm-hmm. I never ever thought like that, even though I was the only one of mom's kids in the house that mm-hmm. never like occurred to me. But yeah, really like, like life went on. Mm-hmm. Um, and to say, I just learning about new things and, and experiencing diff- different things and mm-hmm. you know obviously basketball was um like big uh big part mm-hmm. of what i was trying to do at the time so yeah i didn't think about that part when i nope i feel like just being the first one to go to school still have like having younger siblings i don't know i think for me there was a lot a lot of times where i felt really lonely at school like i almost quit sophomore year mm-hmm. like i did not want to be there anymore and then I was just surrounded by so many white people who, man, some of the things that they would complain about, it was just, it would, <laughs> it would be so, like, you probably experienced this too, yeah. but it's just like, bro, what do you complain? <laughs> like, I, I just like, you get to eat three square meals a day. Like you just go to a cafeteria and you just eat. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love like, that in college. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like you have access to a gym, gym, like. Like, you live by the beach, less than 10 minutes away from the beach. Like, the weather isn't too bad. Like, what do you need AC for? I was happy. Like, and now when I, from a working perspective, when I worked at the school and, like, some of the things that they were experiencing, I'm like, all right, I understand that this is, like, not okay. But, like, it took me so long to understand that. But I, there was a lot of things, like, you know, I felt lonely. I felt isolated. Like, I didn't feel like I necessarily fit in. And I tried desperately to fit in. Um, certain parts of it was like, oh shoot, like I feel like I abandoned y'all almost. And I know y'all wouldn't say that, but I feel like I, it does feel like that. And I was just like, damn, like I really, and I did like I didn't go back for I didn't move home for summers. Like I was always doing something. I only went back two times, and when I did, I didn't stay like throughout the summer, and I was always in a rush to get back. Like even. I should not have moved. I should not have gotten an apartment my junior year. Like that was, I, I was always working. Yeah, I just, I just thought about that. Did you feel, you said, did you ever feel abandoned when I moved away from school? Moved to? No. no. No? I know you don't see it, but like really, you not coming back was literally like what you were supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't have seen you come back. I should have been the one to make it back. Cause maybe that's the problem, like as far as you know, when somebody makes it like back in a um, in a city, it's cool to come back and like visit and everything. But like, it's it's a good thing that you you know I didn't see you like a lot coming back. Cause like, mm-hmm. did you really make it out there? Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have visited that much. Even when I had a car, I didn't visit that much. But I visited more. I think it would have been nice to like be aware of what was happening at home. Like there's certain moments that like that I just I didn't like I just didn't know about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know that you got kicked out of Cameron. And you don't say this, but, like, it was so hard for you, even when you transitioned to a new school. 
I just didn't know from your perspective. I only could see from my perspective. And, like, you were a little kid. And so I think for me, I was trying to set the best example that I could and just, like, just do as much as I can. But I don't think I thought enough to, like, slow down and, like, see from your perspective how you're experiencing things. I just was just doing stuff. To me, I feel like I was one of the one of the first, like, role models that, I, that were in your life. And I don't think I did the stuff that you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to feel that, but I do feel that. Mm-hmm. You know? And there is a lot of guilt for me with that. Mm-hmm. Like, when you told, when you were talking a few weeks ago, like, I did not know that you were bullied as much as you were. I didn't know people messed with you that much. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know any of those things. Maybe it's just it's just me because I don't have any younger siblings, but I really don't feel like you owe me and Mike every uh, anything at all. I mean, you're you live in your own life like we're literally three different people. Like yeah. I know we're siblings and everything, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you literally have a life. You were gone in a whole different city dealing with dealing with what you were dealing with. Mike was <laughs> dealing with he was dealing with, we don't dealing know what with the hell Mike was wherever he was at. <laughs> now, um, and I was you know where I was like. Literally, it'd make a great TV show. Um, that would be a great for, movie for sure. Yeah, or a series for that matter. Yeah, I don't even know if we can fit everything in a movie. Yeah. Um, it'd make for a great story just, you know, putting everything together mm-hmm. of where we are. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like, you know, you, you owed us anything. And those moments, those like, you needed like, because there's going to be a time where like, you know, you're going to have a kid and they go into school and they're getting bullied. You know, they're going to want you to help. But you, you're going to have to have a choice. Like, you can go in and help him, mm-hmm. but you will be solving his problems for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Or you can, like, literally let him handle it himself, and then he's going to like he's gonna see, and those are character-building moments. Yeah. So, me being bullied, there was nothing nobody can do about that. Those were character-building moments. If I were to get another lifetime to do everything all over again, I wouldn't take that out. Yeah. No, like, no no regrets mm-hmm. on, that, yeah. on that behalf. I think... I wouldn't want to solve it for you. I'm talking about from a support perspective. Because I was the oldest and the amount of just like stuff that we went through and I was just so cognizant of like what was actually happening. Mm -hmm. Like as I've processed, I wish that there was somebody that like understood to a certain degree what I was going through, like could connect with me or at least tell me that it was going to be all right or just encourage me to keep going. And like I didn't have that, and so for me, that's that's the piece that I'm talking about as like a support piece. And like even like if we talked more consistently, you know what I'm saying? Like I I don't I, there's nothing I could do about you know what am I gonna do? Beat up eleven year old kid? You know what I'm saying? Like that's not that's not it. I think more so of like you know listening, hearing you, being a place of process, being somebody who's been there before be able to share my experience mm-hmm. and so you could take whatever you want from that uh and me being cognizant of like what was happening like not being able to emotionally support you that's mm-hmm. what i'm talking about as far as you know we were growing up in like a very hyper masculinity house yeah and not to mention you know the black community and as far as you know mental health and sharing your feelings of what you're feeling it's not nobody was talking about that at the time that wasn't around like yeah that. so even i didn't even that wasn't even a thought of the thoughts that were having to be able to have like room for open conversation. Mm-hmm. So really it's just 
what had to happen. I, I don't even see like an outcome of that. Maybe maybe looking back, I needed it. Well, I didn't even think of it. I was like, I'm by myself and make it out. Yeah. Trapped really in my own my own head. Yeah. I didn't go home and like tell mom about. Mom, you're saying I suck at basketball at school. I just kept that in. Mm. Why did you do that? Maybe again, maybe it's the TV influence. Because all my heroes would uh, have these like epic comebacks and everything, mm. and like you know, Rocky was one of my favorite movies of all time. So, <laughs> start the training montages, man. Yeah, yeah. Who are some of your biggest influences now, or if they even have changed? Because when you're a kid, man, those are core values right there. Those is like you know stuff that hits home. Um, there's a lot of um, more political. Um, I would say mm-hmm. influences now um, Colin Kaepernick Tupac mm-hmm. and um, Martin Luther King obviously and like when I say these people like you know I actually like have studied these but I know some people no. like, <laughs> 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 you just know Harry something like but literally like you know reading the yeah. you know letter to Bur- uh, letter from Birmingham jail and everything mm-hmm. and it's you know like very educated brother yeah um, Malcolm X and uh Muhammad Ali, a lot of just going back and re, you know, rereading my history and uh, get admiration just you know from the people around me. Mm. I, I know as soon as you leave, I'm be like, yeah, shit, you know, I know they're all gonna pop up, but you yeah, know, just some off the top of my head. No, those are all good. I've all, I've been curious, especially that now that you're older and I, you know, we've had a conversation about what's going on um, politically with um, the shitty president that we have. What got you or what motivated you to start? doing deep research on historical black figures how'd you get woke is what i'm trying to understand like where like, yeah it's like it. really 110 percent like honesty of that like if i had a lie detector attached to me <laughs> the 100 percent honest answer would be carolyn all right y'all explanatory comment time so carolyn is reggie's significant other they've been together since middle school yes i said that right since middle school and uh, she's like a little sister to me. She is definitely a part of the family. Um, I'm so proud of her. She's in college as well, studying biomedical engineering. I know, super smart too. And obviously has played a pivotal role in Reggie's development and challenging him and becoming a better person and a better man. So yes, that is Carolyn. Really? Dead ass, as they say. Really? Okay. And that's that's actually literally like homophobic things that mm. I would say and like feelings that I would have mm. of homophobia um it's she, she wasn't tolerating none of that yeah um certain stuff that I would say and she would be like yo that's that's not cool like you're gonna stop listening to him because he's a gay man and like at the time I would be like what what's wrong with that because my uncles and everybody yeah would would that's that, that was what it do with no homo and everything like yeah. that where I got all of the my social awareness from mm. is is from her Mm. and having the kind of like yeah yeah i knew that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like impress her in sort of in a yeah. kind of a way if, uh, knowing what i'm talking about so you had to do your research yeah and she you know she's 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 telling me these things and i'm like uh-huh yeah of, you know of course <laughs> as i'm learning and stuff and she still to this day still does that but i'm more like like i'm more mature now to be like wow babe i i didn't even know that man mm-hmm. i did not know that yeah, um, like it's okay to be, you know, you don't know. Like, yep. Um, but that's one of the best answers you actually can give. Yeah, like wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yep. I wish more people would 
wouldn't do that. Yep. It just make life a thing a lot easier. It's not embarrassing or anything. Yeah. Um, but really, yeah, that's where I got a lot of my social um, awareness from, and just as far as a lot of the stuff that had happened around me. Mm. Um, Trayvon Martin. Mm. Um, and um, what which one happened my freshman year of high school? What, what I can't remember your freshman year of high school. Eric Gardner. Yeah. That happened my freshman year of high mm. school. So, a lot of that stuff in like bringing out the police in a whole different like light mm. and everything so literally like a combination of that and then all those things happen uh, mm. around the time I was growing up which I'm realizing happened is literally staples like that happen like with every like young black um, you know African American person growing up mm-hmm. uh, whether it was uh, Rodney King Rodney King that's mm. what I was thinking yeah so that's where I got my as far as social awareness and then from there uh, branched off and have my own uh kind of like political you know things which is lack thereof yeah well everything's political so people try and say oh let's you know not you know not talk about politics but everything's political i i just don't <clears throat> when it gets into like well are you a democrat or are you a republican like like they talk about the bloods and the crips those the democrats and the republicans no that's the real that's the real real game they're the 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 ones that are separating each other they're they're the ones that are trying to separate us they'll do absolutely everything they possibly can Mm -hmm. to get what they want you don't have to like you don't have to kill somebody they're willing to like (laughs) they won't kill you they'll let you die (laughs) (laughs) they'll let you die but they won't they won't kill you systematically kill you yeah systematically oppress you and that's that's the worst as far as i'm like worse than anything that they can do to you physically is systematically oppress you for for generations to come yep um and uh as a person like who are you striving to be in a way uh you know sometimes i'm still striving to be is the the person that i saw myself um like that i looked up to as a kid Mm. still trying to you know be a superhero man and you know um really be able to give back and you know put my mom put moms in, in a like good position more importantly like a man like a values mm-hmm. uh you know self-respect like and that's like really the most important thing is because i struggle with that so much mm-hmm. is self-respect because no matter what any of you know uh the bs that they trying to sell you out there reality lives in the mirror mm-hmm. and wh- who whoever you are and when you buy yourself when nobody's around that's who you are no matter what you tell everybody in there that's that's reality right mm-hmm. there you can't you can't hide that um so really like self-respect character that's you know that's that's really important to me if you are at where you want to be what has happened what has happened yeah oh that's a good question that's what good question. what have you done what has happened mom is like I'm somewhere with my wife and we are like literally no need for anything. We're not checking to see how much we got or anything like that. We off doing somewhere, uh, you know, talking to people, um, you know, having a, having a real like big impact and being like, uh, important. Mm -hmm. Um, like people need me like they, you know, they count on me, like they need to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like mom is off somewhere and, uh, I got her off somewhere in like Jamaica or something like that. Mm-hmm. Everything's uh, everything everything is cool cool with the world. Like in a, in a feeling of kind of like like I did it, but really really uh, growth really like even when I'm I want to be at that stage, but mm-hmm. still have something I'm trying to get because most people they get they hit like a kind of a ceiling 
mm-hmm. and that that's because they were goal oriented and not growth in, uh, oriented mm-hmm. and they were thinking like you know set a goal but not how far can i go really yeah. so um that's that that would be really important to me is to break that ceiling and grow at the same time mm-hmm. so that like my my income doesn't succeed where i see myself mm-hmm. because that's a lot of that's what you see in the lottery is you know they have their income is you know 80 and yeah. how they see themselves is 20 so what do they do they bring their income right back down to match where they see themselves mm-hmm. so that's really important to me thanks for doing this i really appreciate it no problem man. i love you anytime love you too all right All right, y'all, and that is it. Episode two is wrapped. I told y'all, my brother is funny, wise, just dropping all kinds of nuggets there for y'all. And you can see why, you know, I look up to him and I'm just so proud of him and who he is. And I know I touched on this, but y'all, he's nine years younger than me. I've been dropping all that knowledge and wisdom and all that. And it really is crazy that he's that much younger than me. and, And I didn't realize a lot of those things until we actually had that conversation of what he had been through, his perspective. Time just goes by. And so that's why, you know, it's really important that we remember we don't know what we miss until we miss them. So go, um, we got plenty of time nowadays to have conversations with those that we haven't had a chance to catch up with in a long time or that we see every single day and we just might be missing it. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas, with major production help and music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. And if you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We'd love to hear from y'all. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at RTWD Podcast. That's RTWD Podcast on Instagram. All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace.